Okay, can you say something with me right now? Say, freedom is in the house. house. Say it again. Freedom is in the house. We are going to get set free today. Anybody in? Woo! How many of you have ever struggled with anxiety? Oh, how many of you have ever struggled with worry? Okay, God is here today. He told me. He's going to set people free. You know, we're in a series right now based on the book of Isaiah 61 called Freedom. That's our series, Freedom. Simply put, Jesus came to set us free. He came to set the captives free. And if you're captive to anything, we've been talking about all kinds of things, and I've heard so many stories from people who are getting delivered, who are getting set free. And I just thank God because I know that he has great things in store for us. He has great things for this church and for you in your life. And so today, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come in. If you would just join with me, Um, I just want to ask that the Lord would increase our faith. Remember the story about the guy who says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I think worry and anxiety, those are some, some of those things where we're like, mm, I don't really think you can get set free from that. That's just, that's just normal part of life, right? These are some of the things that we, that, we lie, that we allow the enemy to lie about in our brains to tell us, you're never going to get set free from this. Well, I'm here to tell you, you are. I'm here to, to say God is a God of hope. Amen? So can you extend a hand toward me and pray for me as I um, invite the presence of the Lord? And Father, we welcome your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you have come to bring deliverance. You have come to bring healing and wholeness and freedom. And so, Lord, we welcome you. We invite you, Lord, speak through me. Speak, Lord, your words through me. Father, and I just pray for each and every person that is listening to this message. Father, in the name of Jesus, increase their faith. Increase their ability to believe that you have come to bring them freedom in the area of anxiety and worry. And we bless you and we just tell you, Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. A lot of times when, when people text me, um, you know, they'll say something like, oh, I forgot this, or I'm going to be late, or I can't come to this, or whatever. And my response is oftentimes, no worries. I just say that, no worries. How many of you would like to live a life where there actually were no worries? Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful thought? Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you some of the secrets that, the, that are in the Word of God, and they're not really that secret, because you've probably read many of these passages before, but I believe that today is the day. Today is the day that Jesus wants to set you free once and for all, that you don't have to be bound by this anymore. You don't have to believe anymore that you're going to have to live this life of freaking out and stressing out and being anxious all the time. It starts, and I know most of you, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, You probably know this passage. You probably have many parts of it memorized, but we're going to dig in because you know the word of God is living and active. It's living. It's alive. And it's, it changes according to our needs. The word of God doesn't change, but 
according to our needs. Certain parts are more applicable than other parts. You're probably thinking right now, she's a heretic. She just said the word of God changes. No, I didn't. <laughs> That's not what I meant. But according to what we need, the word of God can apply at different times of our lives. And I believe that this is a prophetic word for us right now. So the words of Jesus, he's just finished talking about finances, okay? Finances are one of those areas where people stress out, yes? Finances are... A, they're stressful. They are black and white. We talked a few weeks back about how to get set free from poverty, how to get set free from the spirit of greed, and how to be delivered and how to be free to just be generous and to give generously and to trust the Lord in that area. But this morning, Jesus um, has a word for us concerning this when he's talking about you can't serve God and money. It's just not possible. No es posible. You cannot serve God and money. And then he says, therefore. So whenever there's a therefore, you have to ask why it's therefore. Therefore, here's what Jesus is saying. I want you to open your ears, have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking right now. Do not be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious about your life. Can you say that with me? Do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, Jesus always takes examples from nature because they lived in an agrarian society where there was, they did a lot of farming, but he, he always uses examples from the physical world. And oftentimes, the physical world is a parallel to what's happening spiritually. And so he's saying, look at the birds, He's like, they don't stress out. They don't freak out. And look how beautiful they are. Here's what he says. He says, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Now, here's the question Jesus is asking. Are you not more valuable than them? Are you not of more value than they? I mean, Jesus is kind of stating the obvious here. He's like, you're my kids. You're my beloved. You are my chosen. You're the ones that I died for or I came to die for. And he's saying, you're so much more valuable than birds. Birds are awesome, but you are of much more value. And here he says, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? He's like, can you, can you make yourself live longer by worrying, by stressing out, by freaking out? He's saying no. And he says, and why are you anxious about clothing? Jesus isn't really talking so much about clothing as he is talking about basic necessities. The Bible says he knows our needs. He knows our needs even before we ask. And it says here, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon, who is a brilliantaire, I mean, he was the richest man in the world, it says, even in all his glory, he was not arrayed as one of these. He was not dressed as nice as these beautiful flowers in the field. It says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And here it is. Here he says it. Oh, you of little faith. Now I'm talking to myself here too, and I'm going to I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I'm a person of faith. I, it, on the continuum of like the, where the dividing line is between faith and idiocy, 
I may cross over that line occasionally. I, I would rather be guilty of assuming that God was going to do great things than I would then be accused of not believing. But even in this area, having been tested so severely this last week, you know, anytime you stand up here and bring a message, God will have you live that message first so that you aren't a hypocrite. Because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to make sure that whenever I stand up here, I'm saying things to you that I'm saying to myself as well. And things that I, that I, can, I can declare the goodness of God that I can proclaim the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And here he's saying, if you worry, if you're anxious, if you freak out, if you stress out, he's saying you are of little faith because that's, that's really what the opposite is. The opposite of, of freaking out and worrying is believing and trusting God. And it says, therefore, because you're of little faith, he says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? It says, for the Gentiles or the pagans or the non-believers, those who don't believe in God, they seek after all these things. They're, they're thinking about these things all the time, but he's saying, contrast that with you. It says, your heavenly father knows you need these things, but for you, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness. Seek to do things that honor God. And then... All these things are a given. All these things will be given unto you. They'll be added to you. It says, therefore, here it is again. There's another therefore. Do not be anxious. You getting the, are you getting the drift here? Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Jesus is actually commanding this. This isn't like a suggestion. Like the 10 suggestions. This is a commandment. <laughs> He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Therefore, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are going to be provided and you don't need to worry about it. So he's saying, don't be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. One translation says, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. And here's the, here's the thing. It's the thought that counts. Whatever you think about, whatever you continue to think about is going to direct the way that you live. Remember we talked last week about the um, iceberg and at the very bottom of the iceberg is our belief system. So today, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come in and uproot some of your beliefs about who God is and about how God wants to go before you and provide for you as you trust him with your life. It's the thought that counts. And so I'm going to ask you a question. You ready? You ready? What is it that you worry about? Just think about this. Just between you and the Lord. What do you worry about? You got it? Some of you have a whole list. But that thing that you worry about Jesus is saying, I'm here today to tell you, you don't have to be anxious about it anymore. He's here to give you hope that you can believe him, you can trust him. There have been studies done on what women worry about versus what men worry about. They say that 
typically women worry about health and relationships, and men typically worry about work. Now, if you go back to Genesis 3, you see what the curse was. For men, it was about work, and for women, it was about health, well, childbirth, and relationships. So that is part of just what is built into us as human beings. But Jesus is here to declare today, you can be free. You don't have to be stuck in that trap. You don't have to worry about the unknown or unpredictability or finances or health or relationships or um, unmet expectations or unrealistic expectations that others have put on you or you don't have to worry about. I, I, I like the ter this term, impending doom. I think it's the name of a metal band, impending doom. <laughs> But isn't that what the, it's the spirit of the age. The spirit of the age says you need to freak out. You need to be stressed out about the coronavirus. You need to freak out because the stock market is dropping. Right? Freak out, everyone. There's impending doom. It's like this cloud that's just waiting to take you out and destroy your life. So you should be freaking out right now. Isn't that what the spirit of the age is? The news, right? Isn't that? Or is it just me that feels this way? I mean, when you, when you listen to the, to the news, do you walk away and just go, whoa, I feel so much better. <laughs> I am so hopeful about the future. <laughs> no, you're like, ah, what's happening? There's coronavirus in Utah now. It's like, and I'm not, I don't mean to downplay it. I know it's, you know, it's, it's part of life. Sickness, earthquakes, financial crashing, all kinds of things. This is part of life. And Jesus is saying, here is, here, I'm not going to use the Bible. Here's where these problems are. Here's where I want you to live, right up here. These are the problems. They're there. There's a real thing. But Jesus is saying, fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith, Put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in the news or the World Health Organization or doctors or the stock market or Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden or anybody. Put your hope in Jesus. <sighs> okay, I'm better. Um, Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wickedness in me. This is in context of your anxious thoughts. Jesus is saying, don't have anxious thoughts. Don't have anxiety. Do not be anxious. He said it three times. And he probably said it many more times along the way. And he wants to say it to you. Turn to the person next to you and say, do not be anxious. Now turn to the person that, who said that to you and say, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> you know, the Bible says, okay, so, so my little life verse of the last few days or the last few weeks, I mean, again, so Jesus is making me live this message right now. I have literally had, I, I mean, the devil is so mad at me right now. And I think it's because Jesus is so excited about the things that he's doing in this church. All the lives that are getting healed, all the people that are getting set free, all the deliverance that's happening. And so the enemy, of course, is going to come after me because he hates my guts. And he's been coming literally from every side, so much so that last weekend I developed a severe case of hives from a supplement that I took. So that was pleasant. 
<laughs> my daughter said I was being irreverent by saying, but I, I say that my life is kind of a sequel to the book of Job. It's like the book of Job, part two. Um, <laughs> but I mean, literally, this, things have been coming at me from every side. And so I've had to live this message. So when I'm standing up here saying this, I'm not just saying this from like this intellectual standpoint. I'm saying this from the gut. Like, I am actually living this right now. Here's an example. Okay, so a year ago, um, we really felt like the Lord was telling us that, that we needed to sell a building down in American Fork, where the American Fork campus was meeting at the time. Um, we call that building the Albatross. And um, we really felt that that's what the Holy Spirit was telling us to do. Well, it had been a full year, and on Friday, the loan was going to expire for our buyers, the potential buyers. And so our realtor called us on Thursday and said there was this addendum for $1,200 that wasn't included, and so therefore the sale was not going to be able to go through because it wasn't the same asking price. So this $580,000 building deal was going to fall through because of a $1,200 addendum. Now my natural inclination would have been to freak out and to stress out. And I started to for a little moment there, kind of got some tears in my eyes, kind of was like ready to have a heart attack at, at that moment. But then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? God's got this. God's got this. I, you know, this is not my first rodeo. I have watched God allow you to get to the point where you think it's hopeless. And then he comes riding off in the distance and he delivers you. And so guess what? The building sold. It closed. Amen? Woo! The good part of this is that now we have money to send to the Philippines to complete an orphanage. Yeah! Yay, God! I'm so happy. So God is just, he's ready to show us that he is faithful Again, I say this all the time. God is good, he is faithful, he is for us. Can you say that? God is good, he is faithful, he is for us. And worry, conversely, robs you of life. Worry actually diminishes your life. Worry takes away from your peace and your relationships and your hope and your joy. Have you ever known someone who was so stressed out that they couldn't connect with you? Or have you ever been that person? It was her. She just got offended. <laughs> She's like, she is talking about me. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. Say that. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then what? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus is saying, don't be anxious. Again, it's a theme. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Instead, give God your problems. Give them to him. Hand them over. Pray about them. Thank God because you know that the outcome is good. You know, I know, like that song says, I know how this story ends. This story ends in victory. I want to tell you some of the physical effects of worrying. There are many. 
muscle aches, increase in blood pressure, extreme fatigue, digestive problems, ulcers, insomnia, memory loss, depressed immune system, skin damage, breathing problems, headaches, irritability, pounding heart, panic attacks, hair loss. For those who are vain, hair loss, depression, infertility, and decreased in sex drive. This is what worrying can do to you. It has all these physical effects. It robs us of our life, of our joy, of our peace, of our hope, of our relationships, and it is the opposite of faith. Worry is the opposite of faith. Say that. Worry is the opposite of faith. Think about some of the stressful situations in the Old Testament. Think about Abraham and Sarah. I mean, they were, they were given this promise by God that they were going to have children. And so now they're in their 90s, and they're trying to figure it out on their own. They're stressed. They're worrying. They're anxious. And so they're going to figure it out on their own, which is what some of us do. We're like, oh, I'm not really worrying. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it on my own. I'll figure out what to do. You're like, no, oh, God, you're not coming through, so I'm just going to... How about Joseph's brothers? Joseph, when, when they sold him off for slavery, they left him. They thought he was dead. And then he becomes the ruler, and then they are faced with him, and they were really stressed. They were super stressed, which probably they should have been. <laughs> and then David, remember the story of King David? When Saul was after him, like chucking spears at him, trying to kill him. Talk about a stressful situation. And you know, a lot of times David wrote the book of Psalms, most of the Psalms, and, and he starts out like so stressed in most of the Psalms, or a lot of the Psalms. He starts out so stressed, but by the end, He's like, but I believe you, God. I believe you are majestic. I believe you are powerful. I believe you're going to get me through this. You know, by the end, David has really come to the point where he is full of faith. And this is what the Lord wants for us today. What about the story of Mary and Joseph? Remember Mary? She's a 14-year-old she's a girl who's never been with a man. She gets pregnant. That would be stressful. Her and Joseph, they're like, this is stressful. They probably were tempted to worry. And then again, when Herod was going to kill all the babies and Mary and Joseph had to take Jesus and, and leave so that he didn't die. I mean, there's a lot of stories in the Bible about stress. But one of my favorite stories about stress and anxiety and pressure and trials is in Exodus chapter 14. And this is a story of the Red Sea. You've probably all seen a movie about this. There have been some epic movies that have been, been um, depicting this particular story. But what's happening, so Pharaoh, he's the ruler of Egypt, and he had enslaved all the Israelites, and they kept saying, hey, let my people go. And he's like, okay, I'll let your people go. Wait, no, I won't. And then it's like back and forth, back and forth. And so finally, at one point, he's like, okay, you guys are making me crazy. Just go, just leave. So the Israelites are leaving, and then Pharaoh goes, wait, what did I decide? Why did I decide this? Go get them. So he sends out his armies to go get the Israelites. And the Israelites here, they're just trying to get away. They're just like trying to go back to the promised land. They come to the edge of the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, they're the army of the Egyptians are behind them. So there's the Red Sea right here. Now, this is an actual true life story. This actually happened historically. 
They're standing at the edge of the Red Sea, and there are the Israelites or the Egyptians right behind them. Talk about a stressful situation. Talk about a cause for some anxiety. And it says that they feared greatly. No, duh. Right? There's no escape for them. There's nothing that they can do except trust in the Lord. And so this is what Moses says to them. And this is what the Holy Spirit's saying to you today. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians or the trials, or the concerns, or the anxiety, or the worry, or the stressors that you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. And this doesn't mean like, just be quiet, don't talk. This means, I trust. At peace. You just, it means don't be freaked out. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to say to some of you today. Don't be freaked out. God is saying, I've got this. I've been God a long time. I can handle this. You don't need to freak out. I hope some of you are hearing this. I hope you're hearing this. What we're called to do is to cast it all on him. That's what the Lord's asking Cast it all on him with thanksgiving, with prayer. Let him know. Let him know what's going on. Let him know what's happening. He already does anyway, but he wants you to cast it on him. There's a difference now. I want to make sure you understand the difference. There's there's what's called rumination, which is where you just sit there and like, like a cow chewing its cud. You're just like, Gross, huh? That's what worry is. Next time you start worrying, think about that. That's what it is. You're just, you're not coming up with any solutions. You're not doing anything. You're just worrying, stressing, freaking out. And God's going, stop it. Now, there is legitimate what's called concern. And some of you, you define worry as concern. Concern means that you see a problem and you pray about it and you give it to the Lord. You really do give it to the Lord and you wait on the Lord and you have a solution. That is called problem solving and that is something that is a necessary thing. For example, the birds don't just sit in their nest and go, well, wonder when God's gonna bring me some worms. They get out there and they go and they find some worms, but there's a difference. You understand the difference is in what's motivating you. What is motivating you? Is stress and worry and anxiety the thing that motivates you? Or is it the peace of God? It says that that reigns in your heart. Is that what's motivating you? And this is what he's saying. I want to lead and guide you. I want to direct you. I want to show you the solutions to your problems, but I want you to give it to me. God's saying, I can handle this. You can't. You know, I I love kids. I, I love I have a granddaughter who's three, and she's just so carefree. And I just think, Jesus says, unless we become as a little child, you know, she doesn't sit there and wonder, I wonder if my parents are going to feed me today. I mean, she might wonder when, but she doesn't ever sit there and think, 
I wonder if I'll get food today, or I wonder if my parents will give me clothes. Maybe I need to worry about that. Maybe I won't have a place to sleep tonight. She's three. And Jesus says we need to become like that. We need to be that trusting that no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what, whether the stock market crashes, whether you get the coronavirus, whether you lose that loved one that you're terrified of losing, whether you get a bad diagnosis, whether everything falls apart, whether you lose your job, God is still God. And nothing slips through his fingers that he doesn't allow. And we do not understand it. Most of the time, we do not understand it. His thoughts are certainly not our thoughts. But he is saying, trust that I am good. Trust that I am sovereign, that I love you, and I care about you, and I am concerned about your life. This is what he's asking of us. And you know, the enemy is just right there to lie and say, well, you know, God loves everyone else, but... You're the one. He doesn't love you. You're the exception. This is what the devil wants you to believe. The devil wants you to believe that God will take care of everybody else except for you. And this is what worry does to us. It robs us of our faith and our peace and our joy and our love. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Now get this, verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Get this, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then it goes on in verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around. You see, this is in the context of this. Because the devil wants you to cast your cares, and then he's right there. He's right there to lie to you. He says, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And what does it tell us to do? Resist him. Firm in your what? Oh, ye of little faith. Be firm in your faith. Don't be of little faith. Instead, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's saying, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. I mean, you know, the, the saying, misery loves company. I mean, we don't want other people to suffer, but isn't it so good to know that your situation is not unique, that everyone is suffering in one way or another at different times and different seasons, and that there are people throughout the world that are being persecuted for their faith. I mean, there are people who are, you know, it's, it's, it's just so good to know that you're, it's like God is not just mad at you and God is not just punishing you and, and abandoning you. My scripture over the last couple of weeks has been in 2 Corinthians 4 and it says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Let's see. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then later on it says, these light and momentary trials. This is what the Bible says about what you're going through right now. It is a light and momentary trial. In light of eternity, what you're going through is light and momentary. And it says it is achieving for you a glory that far surpasses it all. Amen? 
Isn't that so hopeful? That you're not just going through this just to go through it. That God's doing a good thing. Don't you love that? Excuse me. (coughs) Pardon me. It says here, um, resist the devil, firm in your faith, knowing the same kind of suffering is being experienced. It's It's being experienced by people here. There's so many people that are going through such hard things right now. But the Lord is saying, don't be anxious. Okay, here's a true confession. Brett got up here and he confessed his... um, (laughs) I won't confess it again. That's his to confess. But now it's my turn. So I would consider myself a faith person. But with everything that I've been going through over the last few weeks... I was laying in bed last night and I was just like, Lord, I don't want to give this message until I get it. I don't want to stand up there and tell them something that I'm not able to have a victory in. And so I was wrestling with the Lord over all these issues that are going through my mind. All of these issues. And I was doing as much as I knew to do. I, I, was, I was casting my cares on the Lord and I was, you know, I was, I was acknowledging it and I was declaring the faithfulness of God and I was telling him, Lord, I see, I see, I know you're good. I, I know that you're faithful. I know this. And you know what the one thing that I missed? The one thing that I missed was that I forgot to say, Lord, forgive me for my lack of faith in these areas. And you know what? Once I did that, once I confessed and said, Lord, forgive me for my lack of faith, it was like suddenly this peace. And I knew God was saying, I've been telling you to trust me. Trust me in this. And that's what I believe he wants to say to you today. Trust me in this. Trust me. I'm going to give you a couple of examples today. Um, Could I invite my fisherman Doug up? (laughs) Can you welcome Doug up here? (laughs) Okay, Doug, what are you going to be doing for us today? Uh, Casting your cares on him because he cares for you. No. Wow. Look at that. Do not reel that back in. Do not reel it back in. (laughs) So first service, (laughs) full disclosure. So Doug cast and it got stuck up there. The whole rod and reel and everything. And he just walked away from it. And I thought that preaches right there (laughs) because you can't take it back then. That's what I'm saying. Don't reel it back in. That's what it looks like to cast your cares. You can, you can go ahead. It's fine. Brandon, can you come up too? <clears throat> this is what you do with things over which you have no control. Okay? We don't have any control over earthquakes or the stock market or who becomes our president or any of this. We don't have any control over these things. That's where you just cast your cares on the Lord. Don't reel it back in. Just let it go. Let that rod and reel just hang there from the ceiling. Okay, this is another kind of casting. Can you welcome Brandon? He's a fabulous athlete, baseball player. And Arthur Detson, also a fabulous athlete. 
Okay, back up, back way up. He's not competitive at all. Back up, back up, back up. Yeah, way back. Can you, oh, that's probably good. Okay, this is a different kind of casting. Okay, ready? Cast your cares over there. Oh, nice catch. Okay, now each of you take a step closer. Okay, cast it again. You're taking longer steps than him. See this? The closer that they get to one another, the easier it is to cast it, the less effort it takes. Can you thank these fabulous athletes? This is a picture I believe that the Lord wants you to see, is that when you're far from God and you're not trusting God, oh, thank you so much. I'm up here dying. Somebody call 991. So when you're so far away, it's a lot harder to cast your cares. But the closer you get to him, the more you can trust him and the easier it is to cast that care on him. This is what he's asking you to do today. He's asking you, repent, confess that you have had little faith, that you've been ruminating, like that cow just worrying about things you have no control over. He's saying, I want you to confess that, and then I want you to open yourself up to being filled with faith, casting your cares on him, giving him thanks because you know that he is good, and he's faithful, and he's for you.